Hello and welcome back to another episode of Unranked with Logan Kelleher. I'm your host, and there's been a few playoff games, or not playoff games, a few college football games that have happened since I've been gone, and this episode is a little bit late due to Christmas and Christmas Eve, so Merry Christmas if you're listening, and uh, just getting right into it, there were a few games this past week. UAB beat Northern Illinois. I got that game completely wrong. I thought Northern Illinois was going to cruise to win in that one, but it was the complete opposite. Uh, UAB won 37-13, and we had a record performance from Xavier Ubosi, senior wide receiver for UAB, had seven catches for 227 yards and three scores out of the four touchdown passes and 373 yards thrown by Tyler Johnson the third quarterback who came in for A.J. Ardelli. And then Spencer Brown ran 25 times for 78 yards as well for the Blazers and capped off a good rushing performance on the season for him, including 1,230 yards on 273 carries and 16 touchdowns for the running back, who is a sophomore and returning next year. For... UAB looks good with their backup quarterback, Tyler Johnston, who is a sophomore. Um, And then their starting quarterback, who got them really to their 11-3 record, um, played most of the season, obviously, was a guy brought up a little bit earlier, A.J. Ardelli, who says senior quarterback will be on next year. So it will be Tyler Johnston III, who saw a large part of action this year. So filling in for... AJ and it's a pretty mobile quarterback threw the ball pretty well over the course of the season. So capping off of a pretty miraculous run for UAB had the talent and pulled off an 11, three season on the other hand, Northern Illinois, a seven and five Mac championship part- participant won that to get to eight and five on the season. And they, on the other hand, did not do so well this game. Um, and the thing that kind of kept them in the game was their defense. Playing good defense helped a stuttering offense, but the stuttering offense was not helped by the defense too much. Leading rusher, Trey Harbison, 49 carries on 18 attempts and a touchdown. Quarterback, Mark Marcus Chillers, also 18 carries, but limited to 35 yards. So for the Huskies of Northern Illinois... It was Harbison, like I said, who had a big game. He was He's a sophomore running back, returning next year, 1,000 yards, 206 carries, five TDs on the season. Um, a good running back that they return. And then Marcus Childers is a sophomore quarterback that will also be returning. So not a whole lot's changing for Northern Illinois. Spencer Tears, a wide receiver, returning. Juwan Wesley leaving, one of the top wide receivers. Ty Harmston, a tight end. Cole Tucker, wide receiver, freshman. They got a lot of their talent coming back. Finished the season eight and six, um, but looks be expecting to be right back in the MAC title next year. That was on Tuesday, and so on Wednesday night, it was San Diego State and Ohio, and I thought Ohio was going to do well because San Diego State lacked a strong rushing offense um, that they've been known for previously, and they also didn't have the passing offense, and that was very evident. In this game, uh, Ryan Agnew had the bulk of the playing time, although Christian Chapman was in. 
Agnew finished under 50% completions, 126 yards, and had an interception with no touchdowns, as Ohio did pitch a shutout. But Jawan Washington had a very good rushing performance to come just under 1,000 yards on the season. Finished with 999, 10 touchdowns for the junior running back. Will return next year. And for their quarterback situation, Ryan Agnew, a redshirt junior, will return. Christian Chapman, graduate senior, will be done. So, and with that, Isaiah Richardson, or well, actually played his first game in this uh, bowl game. And then for Ohio, Nathan Rourke, two rushing touchdowns, one through the air, one interception, 206 passing yards. A.J. Owlette, the senior running back, um, finished with a strong 164-yard performance, did not have a touchdown, but carried the ball 29 times for the team, finishing the season with uh, just over 1,300. And he'll be gone this season. Nathan Rourke, though, is a true junior quarterback. Had a good season this year, 2,400 yards, 23 touchdowns to eight interceptions. Also ran the ball pretty well, 15 touchdowns. So good, good uh, quarterback returning there for the Bobcats of Ohio. Then on the outside, Poppy White, star wide receiver, uh, is graduating, led them. And then um, Andrew Meyer, also graduating. So a few few wide receivers on the outside leaving, but for a 9-4 and four Bobcats team this year who ran, ran, runs the ball tremendously well, um, we'll have to find some help um, on the ground. They still they return their quarterback, Nathan Rourke, but as, as for the running back situation, Owlette is a senior who will be graduating. Malik Irons, who was third on the team in rushing, also a senior. So both will be gone. So next up on the depth chart, David Burroughs, another running back, also gone. And then Jake Netherton, a running back, is a freshman this year, but will be, as as things sit, will be the starting running back next year for the Bobcats of Ohio. For San Diego State, they lost uh, one quarterback, Christian Chapman. Ryan Agnew will be a senior. And then Juwan Washington will also return. So looking good for each team. San Diego State, 7-6, and six, finish. Ohio, like I said, nine and four. So on Thursday, it was Marshall against South Florida. And in this one, um, it was another struggle for USF. Very disappointing end of the season with six straight losses. I thought that their five-game losing streak would help them um, and possibly coming away with a victory here, but it did not. Marshall ran the ball really well, had four different players run for a touchdown. That included two from senior Keon Davis. Uh, running back graduating one touchdown from Brendan Knox, a freshman running back who will return one rushing touchdown from Anthony Anderson, senior running back. And then one from their quarterback, Isaiah green, who is a freshman this year and will return played a consistent 17 of 25 through the air, 221 yards, had no touchdowns, no interceptions. Did have that one rushing touchdown. Then for South Florida, Blake Barnett, 11 to 23, uh, two, 212 yards and touchdown. Um, uh, CJ or Chris Holodokun came in, sophomore quarterback, 
um, who will be behind Blake Barnett for another year. As Blake Barnett is a junior who's been traveling around the NCAA, but may have found a home in South Florida. Will look to help his team into a little bit more wins than seven on the season. Um, in this one, South Florida was held to not as great of a rushing performance as um, as Marshall was. Uh, Johnny Ford led all rushers with 50 yards. Um, player that did a lot for the Bulls of South Florida. Uh, Tyree McCants had one catch for 10 yards. It's primary position, but did run the ball four times for 23 yards. Also threw a touchdown pass to their leading receiver for the game, Randall St. Felix, freshman wide receiver, who had six catches for 165 and two touchdowns. Definitely the standout performer for the South Florida Bulls team, who finished 7-6, and six, like I said, and Marshall 9-4. and four. Uh, Tyree McCants, uh, also a senior wide receiver, so we'll see how he fares in the upcoming NFL draft if he gets drafted. I think he's a good player and could definitely benefit uh, whatever team he's on. Um, there's a lot of comparisons to Anquan Bolden there. I see it. I just looked at his uh, little bio, 5'11", 240. So definitely a possession rec- receiver as opposed to a speed receiver. So he's a guy you can put in the slot and uh, run the ball with and have some effectiveness there and do just as much damage through the passing game due to his ability to hold it, hold on to it because some of the most effective passes are slants, but a lot of receivers drop them or can't run their route uh as quick as they want to because they're afraid of that collision. But I feel like Tyree McCants is perfect for that and thus would probably give him a spot on any NFL roster. So the next game I want to move into, there were two on Friday night, December 21st. Um, so the first game I talked about, Boca Chon Bowl, UAB, Northern Illinois, then the Frisco Bowl, then the Gasparilla Bowl, and this one's the Bahamas Bowl, FIU and Toledo. FIU pulled away with a three-point victory over the Rockets of Toledo. And it was it was FIU uh, twenty eight to seventeen lead in the fourth quarter, thanks to a touchdown run from Maurice Alexander, wide receiver. Uh, and then for Toledo, they threw a touchdown pass, got the two point conversion, but then with forty one seconds left, FIU scored another touchdown, and that made it. Too much of a lead, 10 points for FIU. Toledo did score a touchdown with two seconds left, but it was, wasn't enough. So the score does not reflect how much of a dominant, dominant effort that FIU did have. But um, for FIU, uh, Christian Alexander, quarterback, uh, filling in for James Morgan, um, a junior quarterback, Christian Alexander is, 17-26 to 26 for 209 and a touchdown. And Maurice Alexander, uh, receiver, junior wide receiver, threw a pass as well, 14 yards, no touchdown there. But then their their star performer was definitely Anthony Jones, their senior running back, who ran for three of his six touchdowns on the season in this game. And then another rushing touchdown came from Maurice Alexander as well. He had three carries for 12 yards and a score. Um, Christian Alexander, quarterback, had 83 yards and 11 carries, so showed that dual threat capability. And then he... um, Maurice Alexander was a leading receiver with five catches, but most yardage went to uh, Sterling Palmer, the tight end, who the freshman tight end, um, three catches for 64 yards and a touchdown. Alexander had 30 receiving yards. So then for Toledo, it was Eli Peters, 
who got the start played the full game at quarterback. Uh, the only player to throw a pass 20 to a 38 for 264 and three scores. Definitely a strong performance by him. Also led the team with 43 yards on five carries, including a 28-yard breakaway. Uh, and then their freshman running back that looks really good um, will definitely make an impact on the team. Was held to 42 yards and a score, but finished the season with 917 on 153 carries. And the most important thing there is that 153 carries, six yards, per carry that's really good for the Toledo Rockets team 14 touchdowns so shows his explosiveness and ability to uh, make scores happen so that was and then Shakif Seymour had eight carries for 39 yards who was a sophomore running back also returning so FIU finishes nine and four um, and then Toledo finishes seven and six FIU was a win away from getting in the Conference USA championship game so that's where they're looking towards Toledo was a few games back in the MAC, finishes seven and six. So two teams with a lot of returning star, uh, starters um, in the skill position area. That's all I'm really looking at. Um, FIU, their quarterback James Morgan was out for the game, did not play the junior quarterback, so he will return. But it's nice to see that their backup quarterback could help them get the victory there. And Napoleon Maxwell did not play as well either, senior running back. So both those team seasons are done as are Western Michigan and BYU's two teams finishing seven and six due to a 49 to 18 shellacking from BYU um, for Western Michigan. It was a struggle. Caleb Ellaby 20, 36 for 175 yards had an interception with no touchdowns um, and, but did have a one touchdown on seven carries on the ground, five yards um, that due to getting sacked a few times. Um, they did have Jamari Bogan, a senior running back, leading their leading uh, touchdown rusher, but their leading yardage rusher, Levante Bellamy, had 56 yards. Uh, Jamari Bogan had 62 and a touchdown. So Jamari Bogan graduating. Levante Bellamy, a junior, will return next year. Um, Taylor Bellamy got the gig. Uh, John was sink out. And for John Wasink, I have not checked. He is a junior quarterback, so he will be returning. Caleb L. B. a fresh, true freshman quarterback filling in. So uh, John Wasink will look to come back and help his team to a bowl win, hopefully next year. But finishes, finishing with a winning record is always good for him. BYU had a strong performance by Zach Wilson, true freshman who had an insane game, 18 of 18 for 317 through the air, four touchdowns. They also had Tanner Mangum, who's been there for a while, it seems, a true senior quarterback, throw one pass for 41 yards. On the ground, they had three touchdowns, all from different players. Leading the way was Riley Burt, a junior quarterback, who had 110 yards on 13 carries and a touchdown. Uh, Wilson, the quarterback, was second with 23 yards on 10 carries, but then one of the touchdowns came from Braden Elbakri, a senior running back. Uh, four attempts for six yards and a touchdown. Those were his only carries of the season. And then they had a one-yard touchdown from Dayon Lake, junior defensive back. That's what's listed on CBS Sports. But a lot of different running backs. Um, uh, six different people ran the ball. Um, and just handed, handed Western Michigan a tough loss in the Idaho Potato Bowl. 
There's one more tough loss we're going to get to, but first it's Memphis and Wake Forest in the Birmingham Bowl. Not to say that this one wasn't tough, as it was a missed field goal by Memphis that uh, sealed the Birmingham Bowl for Wake Forest. For Memphis, they were without their with uh, NCAA leading rusher um, Daryl Henderson. Instead, it was Patrick Taylor Jr., junior running back, and Tony Pollard, a uh, junior wide receiver who uh, did a little bit more rushing than receiving this year. But each of them went over 100 yards. Taylor on 30 carries and Pollard on 17 carries, 110 and 109 yards. Each scored a touchdown. Brady White, though, quarterback 15 of 27 for 171 yards, a touchdown and an interception. He is a junior quarterback, so will be returning next year. Had a 3,000-yard season, 26 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. We're looking good in the game against UCF in the American Athletic Conference title game, but a late-game late heroics by Daryl Mack Jr. helped lead UCF and the Golden Knights to a win there. And on the other side, for Wake Forest, it was Jamie Newman getting the nod again. Had four total touchdowns, three coming on the ground, one interception, 328 passing yards, 91 rushing yards. Matt Colburn had 61 yards on the ground. Cade Carney had 51 on the ground. And Wake Forest gets the win. Um, 37 to 34, finishing 7 and 6 to Memphis's 8 and 6. A tough two lot a tough two losses in a row for Memphis, who were up 28 to 10 in the second quarter. But then it was two touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns from Jamie Newman to make it 28 to 24 at halftime. And then in the third quarter was two field goals for Wake Forest from 49 and 39 to give them the lead. And then it was a Patrick Taylor touchdown run in the fourth by Memphis. And then a interception um, on the two point try that uh, led them to not get the two point conversion. And then, that was with 115 left, and then Wake Forest got the ball and immediately went down the field with 37 uh, with 37 seconds left. Jamie Newman ran in for a one-yard touchdown, 34 seconds left on the clock, made the extra point, 37 to 34. Memphis goes down the field, kicks a field goal, misses, and Wake Forest gets the win and finish above 500. They were at 6-6 six and six going into the bowl. So the next game is the Armed Forces Bowl, and Army won 70-14. to 14. This one was going to be a hard one. Houston was without their front uh, front three defensive linemen for the game and a corner on the side. And without a good defensive line, you really can't stop the option attack for Army. As in this game, Army passed for 85 yards. No surprise there. Ran for 507 yards. That was opposed to Houston's 87 on the ground, 230 through the air. So Army dominated. The ground game, obviously, by almost 420 yards, uh, did not dominate the passing game. They were actually, that's where they were held to not so much. But Kelvin Hopkins Jr. did throw and complete all three of his passes for 70 yards. Junior quarterback finishes the season above 1,000 yards. Um, and then the backup quarterback, Cam Thomas, uh, completed his first pass of the game of the season this game, a 15-yard scoring strike. So... And that was to Jordan Asbury, a wingback for the Army Black Knights. And then 
The standout performance for Army was by Kelvin Hopkins Jr., who ran for 170 yards and five touchdowns in this one. Definitely a great performance. On 11 carries, too, had a 77-yard run. Darnell Wolfolk, 11 carries for 71 yards. Jordan Asbury, 5 for 63. R.C. Hobbs, 6 carries for 61 yards and a touchdown. And uh, Connor Slomka and Cam Thomas each had a touchdown. And then on the other side for Houston, who finishes 8-5 and five to Army's 11-2. and two. Um, Clayton Toon, who came in for De'Ara King, the unfortunate injury to King, who was the nation's leading touchdown producer. Uh, Toon had two himself. Um, no running back ran for more than 52 yards. That was Patrick Carr for Houston. So Houston does get De'Ara King back so far as everything goes well with the surgery. Uh, to fix his knee, but Clayton Toon, a true freshman, came in and got them here, but could not win the game. Um, 70 to 14 win for Army. Only two losses, one in overtime to Oklahoma and one to Duke at the beginning, very first game of the season. I'm going to say that they're a going to be a tough team to beat next year, and if they have an easy enough schedule, may just climb up into the rankings. So we had the Dollar General Bowl, which was the MAC. Runner-up Buffalo finishing ten and three um, to Troy, a nine and three team who was one win away from the Sun Belt title game. And for Buffalo, it was Tyree Jackson passing uh, for two hundred seventy-four yards, had a touchdown and an interception on thirty-five attempts, completing twenty of them. And Jarrett Patterson and Kevin Marks each had a touchdown on the ground, but only combined for one hundred seven yards. Tyree Jackson, a junior quarterback, will be returning next year. Um, possibly. With a very uh, light draft class of quarterbacks, may possibly just jump up into the draft. Uh, Sawyer Smith for Troy filled in for the uh, injured starter, uh, Brandon Silvers, I believe. Um, played well, 31-44 for 320 yards, four scores, no interceptions. Uh, had a strong rushing for performance by B.J. Smith, the running back, 93 yards on 20 carries and a touchdown. Finished with 13 touchdowns, over 1,100 yards for the junior. We'll be returning next year. Uh, Louisiana Tech and Hawaii were the last game of the night in the uh, SoFi um, Hawaii Bowl. So that one was a win for Louisiana Tech. Um, who finished this season with a solid um, solid 31-14 victory. Um, Hawaii was in the lead at least at halftime, but Louisiana Tech got off to a good third quarter, great third quarter actually, and finished off the, off the game with a win. Uh, there were three touchdowns rushing the ball, one touchdown passing the ball. The one passing and one of the rushing came from Jamar Smith, the quarterback for Louisiana Tech. And then Tucker and McKnight for Louisiana Tech also added touchdowns. Jamar Smith, a junior quarterback, will be returning 3,000 yards passing, but only 15 touchdowns. Um, 10 interceptions, so looking for a better season next year. Could possibly climb up the Conference USA standings a little bit more. And for Hawaii... They return a good-looking quarterback in Cole McDonald. 3,800 3, yards, 36 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 
with two of them coming in this game for the so- uh, retro sophomore. Looking good, but they also have a good backup in Siobhan Cordero. 83 yards passing, a touchdown, and an inter- interception for the true freshman. So two good running backs there. Fred Holly, their leading rusher, 57 yards for the sophomore. They're not a rushing team. Uh, definitely didn't happen today. Um, we're held on the ground, and Hawaii finishes 8-6. and six. Louisiana Tech 8-5. and five. Hawaii just played thir- a 13-game season. That's why they had uh, 14 by the end of the bowl. So those were all the bowl games that happened um, last week. It was a long week of um, football. And this week uh, starts off tomorrow uh, with the first responder bowl between Boston College and Boise State. Uh, that game is on ESPN, one thirty Eastern. Boise State is favored by two and a half. That is at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, Texas. Boise State ten and three. Boston College seven and five. Boise State lost the um, Mountain West Conference Championship game. Then immediately following that one on ESPN is the Quick Lane Bowl between Minnesota and Georgia Tech, five fifteen p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Georgia Tech favored in that one with a seven and five record. Minnesota six and six. Georgia Tech out of the ACC. Minnesota out of the Big Twelve or Big Ten. Sorry, that's at Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan. Minnesota will look to finish the season with a winning record here. Uh, Georgia Tech starts with a new coach next year. Going to be hard to replace Paul Johnson, but we'll look to do it. And then we have at nine p.m. Eastern on ESPN as well, is California and TCU playing in the Cheez-It Bowl. California 7-5 and five on the season, TCU 6-6, six and six, and California favored by one, so it should be a pretty good game there. TCU trying to finish above 500. Struggled this season to keep quarterbacks healthy. Uh, Sean Robinson actually transferring. Um, and that's going to be at Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona. So, um, that that is all that's going on Wednesday, tomorrow, um, as I record this on Tuesday. So if you're listening to it tomorrow, it'll be today. Um, but then on Thursday, December 27th, the first game, all these are on ESPN, 1.30, Temple and Duke, Eastern Town and the Independence Bowl, Temple favored by three and a half in this one. Uh, Temple was in the running to win the American Athletic, but good UCF team and a good Cincinnati team kept them from that. Temple actually beat Cincinnati, but lost to UCF to not win the conference. Eight and four record, Duke with a seven and five record. It's going to be at in Shreveport, Louisiana, and then another game right after that: Miami and Wisconsin in the Pinstripe Bowl in New York. Uh, Wisconsin or Miami favored in that one. Yankee Stadium in the Bronx, New York. Uh, both teams at seven and five had struggles this season. Wisconsin early, as was Miami. Miami playing two quarterbacks, as was Wisconsin. Uh, and then the final game at Energy Stadium in Houston, Texas. Baylor not traveling far. Vanderbilt traveling far from Tennessee. Each team at six and six. Vanderbilt favored. Each trying to. Finish the season with a winning record. That is the Texas Bowl from Energy Stadium. And then Friday, December 28th, Purdue and Auburn in the Music City Bowl at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. Auburn favored in that one. Purdue 6-6. Six six. 
finishing trying to finish above 500 had a very roller coaster season beating number two ohio state and then finishing six and six and then auburn seven and five also had their struggles this one at nissan stadium in nashville tennessee so then following that one also on espn at 5 15 p.m there's a trend here uh number 16 west virginia playing number 20 syracuse in the camping world bowl oh auburn favored in the last one against purdue and in this one Syracuse favored against West Virginia. And in this one, West Virginia and Syracuse, both teams that were looking to possibly win their divisions. Uh, Syracuse took Clemson to the edge. West Virginia took Oklahoma to the edge. Uh, Did lose a few games. Syracuse is favored in this one by one point, but should be a pretty good game. West Virginia will try to score offensively. I think Syracuse will play a little bit more defense than West Virginia, and that thus will give it to Syracuse. And I haven't really been predicting these, but um, uh, the next one, 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN, Iowa State and Washington State. It's number 24 versus number 13 in the Alamo Bowl. Washington State favored by three. Lost to Washington at the end of the season to knock them out of uh, play for the Pac-12 title. Had a 10-2 season. Looked to be Iowa State, an 8-4 team, who gave a lot of pretty good teams in the Big 12 uh, a run for their money. This one in the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, San Antonio, Texas. So that finishes those. And then the day that has the most important games, the Saturday upcoming, the 29th, which has both college football playoff semis. Alabama and Oklahoma and Notre Dame and Clemson uh, will take place. But before those happen is the Peach Bowl, number 10, Florida against number seven, Michigan at 12 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Michigan favored by six and a half, lost to Ohio State to not be able to play in the Big Big Ten title game. Uh, Florida just struggled around the season, losing to various teams. And then the Belk Bowl at South Carolina versus Virginia. Uh, Virginia got off to a good start. South Carolina um, finishing uh, six and six, but did pass for 500 on Clemson's defense. So they should look to do the same there against Virginia's defense or both teams actually finishing seven and five. That'll be at bank of America stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. And that one's on ABC and then on CBS sports network at 1 15 PM Eastern time. It's Arkansas state and Nevada in the Arizona bowl. Arkansas State favored in that one. They as well were a win away from playing for the Sun Belt title game. We'll play Nevada, who is seven and five, was not close to winning their division. Arkansas State eight and four, Arizona Stadium in Tucson, Arizona. Again, Arkansas State favored in that one. And then the Cotton Bowl will host the Notre Dame Clemson semifinal, and the Orange Bowl will host the Oklahoma Alabama semifinal. Uh, Alabama favored by 14 and Clemson favored by 12 and a half. So two heavy favors to win those, but it would definitely be cool to see how Oklahoma and Notre Dame do in defending against each of these stellar programs who have routinely been to the college football playoff. So then on Monday, December 31st, the last games of this week and, um, or these, these games, 
Uh, Cincinnati playing Virginia Tech in the Military Bowl. Cincinnati favored in this one. That's at 12 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Virginia Tech 6-6 six, six and six, got back into a bowl to continue the longest streak since Florida State lost theirs. But uh, Cincinnati 10-2 and two, uh, will definitely look to beat Virginia Tech and finish with 11 wins. Uh, this is at Jack Stevens Field at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland. So then we got Stanford and Pittsburgh in the Sun Bowl. Stanford, Stanford favored by five and a half points um, against the ACC runner, runners-up Pittsburgh, Sun Bowl in El Paso, Texas. That's 2 p.m. Eastern on CBS. Fall, uh, 3 p.m. on Fox will be Michigan State and Oregon. Oregon favored by two and a half in the Red Box Bowl. The Liberty Bowl, Missouri and Oklahoma State. Missouri favored in that one. Oklahoma State as well, 6-6, six and six, looking to keep their record above 500. And then Northwestern and Utah in the Holiday Bowl at 7 p.m. Eastern on FS1. The two runners-up in the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, who, who are each a win away from playing in the Rose Bowl, uh, will look to be a very competitive game there. Utah struggling with injuries. Um, Northwestern with a good Blossoming running back in Isaiah Bowser and a great quarterback in Clayton Thorson, who's been there for a while, has won, looks to take on a Utah team. And the final game at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN, North Carolina State and Texas A&M. Uh, Texas A&M in the Tax Slayer Bowl, uh, Texas A&M favored in that one by seven. Um, North Carolina State has a good quarterback in Ryan Finley. Texas A&M has a good quarterback running back combo in Kellen Mond and Trevion Williams. And I think um, that combo will be too much for North Carolina State. Uh, Texas, A- Texas A&M showed their competitiveness um, in their game against LSU. Seven overtime thriller, 74-72. to 72. Um, So we'll definitely look to see that. So those are all the games that are happening this week until Monday, New Year's Eve. Then our game is New Year's Day, but I'll get into those the next episode I produce. Um and that's about going to do it. I'm going to end this one early again. Those were the games that happened last week and the games that are going to be happening this week. So thanks for listening. Um, as soon as college football ends, there's going to be episodes about uh, topical stuff. So I'll talk about history of college football and some of the best games, some of the best seasons, some of the best players, some of the best runs. Um, maybe talk about Alabama's success over the years and other programs who have been successful. So that's going to do it. Another episode of Unranked with Logan Kelleher is done, and I hope you guys come back next week to listen to me again. This one's a little bit late. Next one will most likely be on time. Thank you for listening, and goodbye.